Well, hello and welcome to the second episode of season one to Heather's Optimistic Hope podcast. I am your host, Heather, and I just wanted to touch base and let you know what do we do when our train is chugging along and all of a sudden, whoops, we get derailed. Things don't go like we hoped. We deal with death or disease or divorce, abuse, maybe it's downsizing, um, all the things that we just did not think would ever happen to us and wasn't part of our plan. So I want to open in prayer and then I am going to share some steps, some tips to get through those hard moments in an optimistic way. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. I am honored to have this privilege to share my heart. I don't know who will air in with me or listen, but Lord, I know this is what you have placed in my heart and called me to do, which is to give hope and be a light for others. In your name we pray, amen. So I have mentioned that I dealt in my first marriage with emotional abuse and found myself divorced, helped my kids go through some pretty heavy stuff. Um, It's always hardest on the children. Dealt with cancer and um, just got let go this last Friday of my nine to five job, as many of you I'm sure are dealing with. Grateful that I have a plan B. Um, nine months ago that I thought about that. But what do we do when we get derailed and things just don't go the way we planned or hoped? Here are some things to remember, okay? Here's some seven, seven takeaways and tips. Number one, we have to stop resisting the hard times. Because guys, without those hard times, we would never realize how much we need Jesus. And it wouldn't help us be that beacon of hope and light when others go through that or when they get derailed. Our pain is to help others during their derailed moments of life. It is with purpose. It oftentimes helps us to grow and we learn in wisdom and we realize how strong God has designed each of us. Number two, as we are picking up the pieces of our broken, shattered mess and things we deal with, we have to remember to rest and to practice self-care. You know, when I was dealing with that emotional abuse, there were times I didn't feel like taking a shower or let alone be happy or get up. But I had three kids that were relying on their mother to keep normalcy, to be stable, um, to be a light in their life. And I had to keep going and I needed that. It was critical and it was necessary. So we have to do self-care. And when we deal with heavy stuff, sometimes we want to sleep too much. Sometimes we don't really want to eat. Sometimes we just don't do the things as simple as showering. So it's important that we rest, find moments of rest, and that we practice self-care. Maybe it's go take a hike. Maybe it's go ride your bike. Maybe it's talk with friends. Maybe it's 
turn your closet like I did into a war room prayer room. Number three, we have to develop a spiritual faith. You all, we were designed to serve God and worship Him and bring glory to Him and live a life so that others would come to know Him. So my faith, if I had not had that foundation since I was a little girl, I would have not been able to recognize it as easily when I went through those derailed moments in my adult life. So it's important to, I believe, trust God to have a faith. Start with, Lord, I don't really know much about this. I need your help. I need your guidance. Um, And just talk to him, you all. Just have that open back and forth line of communication, okay? Um, And then we want to keep a positive mind. We are what we say to ourselves. We are what we believe. And you may have to say, "Mm, not today, Satan. And then you may have to combat that. It's a daily battle for our time, our talents, and our thoughts, okay? Um, We have to shift perspective. Look at it from a different lens, Step back, really view you and what you're going through and how it could really help someone someday, okay? Um, It's a mind shift, a different mindset. Our mindset is everything to us and everything we are and everything we do. Um, You need to feel your feelings. Do not stifle them. Do not let others tell you, well, you should be over that. Feel every single feeling because that is where true healing starts, okay? Number seven, write an end to that hard time. After my divorce, I wrote a handwritten letter and I caught it on fire and just threw it in an empty barrel and that was it and it was very it helped me close that chapter it helped me to really be able to put down everything I wanted to say in those moments um even in cancer I journaled um I like journaling that's what I do but yeah find what works for you and close that chapter that way you can move on okay it's not easy you guys but it's all about God's timing okay I'm gonna read to you some verses about God's timing humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time first Peter 5 6 from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live Acts 17 26 he has made everything beautiful in its time he has also set eternity in the hearts of men yet they cannot fathom what god has done from the beginning to end ecclesiastes 3:11 are you anxious for god to work out his plan for your life who isn't as believers we all want god to do great things for us and through us and we want him to do those things now yesterday But sometimes God has other plans. Sometimes God's timetable does not coincide with your own. It's worth noting, however, that God's timetable is always perfect. God manages perfectly day and night, year in and year out. 
the movements of the stars, the wheeling of the planets, the staggering coordination of events that goes on at the molecule level in order to hold things together. There is no doubt that he can manage the timing of my days and weeks. Elizabeth Elliot. This is a prayer for today. Lord, my sense of timing is fallible and imperfect. Yours is not. Let me trust in your timetable for my life and give me the patience and the wisdom to trust your plans, not my own. And here's another devotion. I meet you in the stillness of your soul. It is there that I seek to commune with you. A person who is open to my presence is exceedingly precious to me. My eyes search to you and fro throughout the earth, looking for one whose heart is seeking me. I see you trying to find me. Our mutual search results in joyful fulfillment. Stillness of soul is increasingly rare in this world addicted to noise and speed. I am pleased with your desire to create a quiet space where you and I can meet. Don't be discouraged by the difficulty of achieving this goal. I monitor all of your efforts and I am blessed by each of your attempts to seek my face. Be still before the Lord, all mankind, because he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Zechariah 2.13 For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly, therefore from now on you shall have wars. 2 Chronicles 16.19 Okay, so I just want to encourage you all. It doesn't matter what you have dealt with, where you are currently, you can allow yourself to take those seven steps and tips and you can make it. Thank you for tuning in and I look forward to next Saturday. Hello and good morning. Um, This is Heather and welcome to season one, episode four of Heather's Optimistic Hope. Today I will be talking about hidden within and it will be on the topic of my learning struggles. My mother was my advocate. She not only was an advocate, she was a relentless advocate, uh, sought to get me help. Um... I dyslexia I have I have dyslexia and that is a learning um, struggle or challenge but it does not have to be who defines us it is just a way that we learn and oftentimes it has nothing at all to do with intellect in fact we are very intelligent And what I found interesting is there can be all kinds of overlapping different things. Now, I have mild dyslexia, but I would flip like my D's and my B's. I would often write, my name's Heather, I would write H-E-A-T hyphenated, and then down below it, I would put H-E-R. Because I have issues with this organization, um, being able to process information, especially when it comes to like math solution type issues um and they learned at an early age you know my mama had started to notice things that I just wasn't where my twin brother and other people were I was falling behind I was having trouble reading and I might know something one day but I just almost like somebody came in and just wiped the computer completely clean so she sought to get help she did 
And, you know, the school really didn't want to acknowledge that. My mama could have easily said, okay. No, she knew that something was off. So mothers, I'm a mother. We know our children best. We know when something is just not right. So you be that advocate for that child. Um, God is entrusted in your care. But I wanted to share, here are some challenges oftentimes people with dyslexia have. And also, one in six students have it. Uh, It comes in different forms. Challenges are this, reading and time awareness, writing and spelling, rote memory, note-taking, and math facts. Some of our strengths are good problem solvers, and we are very creative. We are socially empathetic, and we are extremely observant. Um, So here is what a dyslexic-friendly classroom would look like. It would be encouraging. It would allow for extra time. It would teach big big picture ideas. It would have assistive technology. It would talk things over. Um, It would break info down into steps and learn with pictures and stories. Don't overcorrect because a dyslexic child already feels bombarded with their different. That they have so much going on they can't really quite process. Um, So that just adds to all the self-doubt and self-esteem issues they struggle with. Note takers, you know, allow time for them to be a note taker because it just helps that repetition. Um, Word open book formula card. And then I wanted to let you know, there are lots of resources. I uh, looked on Pinterest this morning because sometimes we just don't know. You know, right now in this COVID-19, some, many are having to help their children. And you cannot have the same classroom environment as you would have of just someone that learned with no struggles whatsoever. It has to be conducive and it has to be cultivated in the way that a dyslexic child processes and learns. So it has nothing to do with intelligence. (laughs) We are very intelligent. They just have trouble processing the information they are receiving. So in early elementary, ages five through nine, here are some things you might notice. Slower learning to read, reversal in reading, writing, mild speech challenges, mixed dominance between left and right. Um, The late elementary to middle school would be ages 10 to 14. They need extra time, difficulty reading aloud, writing and spelling issues, rote memory problems, knows more than test shows. Uh, High school to college ages, 15 to 20, Needs extra time, difficulty reading aloud, quantity of work less than expected, writing, spelling issues, foreign language is hard. Rote memory issues knows more than test show. Um, so a daily organization checklist, and you know that just keeps us organized. Um, I know my homework assignments math and then they would be able to check that off reading or even write that in their language arts write that other and all materials and then that they've organized their backpack and completed work so i did some looking at some books and um there are some neuroscientist professionals at the yale pediatrics clinic 
uh, study and learning and attention. So her daughter was dyslexic. So she had started to really focus and realize she really needed to help her. So two, here's five steps that you can help your child, okay? First, read these two books. One is uh, Overcoming Dyslexia, a new and complete science-based program for reading problems at any level by Dr. Sally Shaywitz, S-H-A-W-W-I-T-Z. She is a neuroscience professor at the Yale Leader in research for how dyslexic brains work, okay? She noticed that her daughter was struggling at uh, grade second grade. And then the other book is The Dyslexic Advantage, Unlocking the Hidden Potential of the Dyslexic Brain by Brock E. L-E-D, E-I-D-E, M-D-A, and Fernadette F. E-D, E-I-D-E, M-D. Um, number two, make sure your child's teacher knows certain key informations for helping your dyslexic child. Number three, teach your child how his or her brain works differently and the advantages that it gives them of that dyslexic brain. Number four, help your child find and foster a special talent or interest. Five, be a relentless advocate. All right, and then I just wanted to share a little bit more. I remember, you know, second grade, um, teacher <sighs> took me to the office in not so nice way of terms, pretty much drugged me by my hair. Um, and I'd share that because sometimes people think that a dyslexic child is lazy because they seem intelligent, but they are, they are not, they, they are not producing the work that people think that they should be. So, um, it's not that they're being lazy. It's that they're bombarded. They, they don't know how to process what's coming to them. Um, one thing my mom learned was early on I could be sung to. If I could sing it, you know, auditory, if someone could speak it, uh, if I could speak a test. I had extreme anxiety issues. I remember late hours at night, 11 o'clock at night, my mama tried to help me. Times where I didn't like school. Um, people can be cruel and mean. I remember another teacher, you know, made me stand in front of a class because I made my angel have brown hair. Well, I had brown hair. I'm a concrete thinker. We're direct thinkers. We don't really, it's black and white to us. Um, And so there are various tools to help your child. But first and most importantly, my mama had to kind of grieve a little bit and realize that her child wasn't going to exactly learn the way she envisioned. I was going to learn differently. Once she did that, she could then see who I was and she could help me embrace that and the beautifulness that it gives. Because that's, even though I have struggles like that, I'm very aware of people. I'm very aware of of how to really see them, like emotionally see them and understand them. And it's given me a heart to really understand. So I just wanted to share that. I hope it helps. Uh, I'm grateful that my mother was my advocate and that she helped me to find that hidden potential that others maybe didn't see initially. And I have learned to cope. I have learned to work on things. You know, I have to take notes. I have to make lists. Um, I have to stay to work, to stay organized. But God is good and God is able and faithful to do more than we could ever hope to do. So 
Dear Lord, please help us as we help our children. Help us to be relentless advocates for them as you are for us and my mother was for me. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great day. See you next week. Bye.